Hello and welcome in to another episode of Podcast 63. It is season 5, episode 24, and it is the summer. Uh, it is summer in Chicago, uh, and that means that we are here to talk about roster construction. Uh, that is kind of the theme of these, uh, like, last few episodes of the podcast, like before, the, before our kind of break uh, into the preseason for next year. So we're going to be talking about both teams, both the men's and the women's teams today. Uh, both teams have made uh, some roster moves. The women in particular have three transfers that we want to kind of talk about a little bit. Uh, and then the men also have one other transfer that we haven't talked about. So we'll be sure to talk about him. And then uh, I have some some pertinent news that's actually uh, like almost breaking basketball news, I guess. Uh, but it's about me, so um, we'll probably well, we'll save that one for the end because then that kind of goes into like talking about the podcast and long term stuff. So, um, but yeah, Lou, you're here with me. How's your uh, how's your summer going? And what are you doing to pass the time before Rambler basketball comes back? Well, we're getting a little taste, right? We're helping out with those um, Twitter spaces. Anytime we got, we had a. Um, significant roster change Mm -hmm. um so that was interesting a lot of fun to kind of keep keep the momentum going right into the off season it is the off season so we're we're not down but it's not full of uh, a lot of loyal news but again happy to always talk about it and uh looking forward though not gonna lie I'm, i'm enjoying as much as i want it to be november to start basketball i don't mind a good uh I don't mind having a nice long Chicago summer for sure. Yeah, those those nice long days of all the sunshine and like it's just yep. like you don't you don't ever let that go to waste because it's just it's just nice. It's been nice and it's supposed to be I think even nicer coming up like the next couple of weeks. So I am stoked. Um, but yeah, let's get into some basketball talk. Uh, why don't we start on the women's side just because I feel like there's there's some more news there and there's some stuff that we've kind of been putting off for a little bit. Um, the women have had a very uh, active summer. Um, I, just even from like men's, women's, it doesn't really matter. Like they just have like had a, a ton of commits. Um, we're going to be talking just about the three transfers on this episode. Um, they've gotten three D1 transfers, and then they've had at least at least three class of twenty four commits and it might be four honestly i can't remember at this point it's it's wild like they i every time i like i uh i know the assistant coach from the assistant coaches and so i saw that they got a commit and i texted him i was like hey man like congrats that's really exciting like is your roster done yet like kind of just joking around because i feel like they've gotten a lot of commits and he's like oh haha no like we still got like two more and i'm like where, where are you putting these kids like <laughs> what's going on um but anyway, we'll we'll talk about just the transfers. Um, so there are three. The first one early on in the summer uh, is Allie Berg. Uh, Allie Berg is coming from IUPUI. Um, you might remember IUPUI, especially for the men's basketball side, when they had like six active players on their roster. Uh, I think like two seasons ago or something, and they were asking for they were asking for students to try out. Um, not the same problem on the women's side. The women's team, their women's team last year was pretty good. Pretty, I think they were right around 500 or so. Um, and they did, uh, pretty well in the horizon league, um, in the regular season. So they were, they were pretty solid. Uh, Allie herself just came off her senior year. Um, she really took a big step forward this past year. 
kind of her first three years played a very similar role every single year, which was just like a very limited bench role, seven, eight minutes a game. Um, but this year played a huge role, started all 30 games that she played in. Uh, she played 27 minutes a game. She averaged just over seven points a game, uh, almost five rebounds. And the one thing that I think would stick out is that she was nearly a 40% shooter from three. So that is just a huge, uh, huge number for, especially for the Ramblers where they, they struggled, uh, from deep last season. I mean, they kind of struggled just in general across the board last season, uh, but she she provides a lot of uh, height and length too for her position. She's probably a a three like a wing player, and she's six one and shoots forty percent from three. I mean, it's just a really solid addition that um, gives the Ramblers like another another scoring weapon uh, and rebounded pretty well. I mean, almost five rebounds a game for for a wing player is is pretty solid, um, and uh, she just provides some experience. Um, you know, after I think after last year. Uh, they just they really want uh, some shooting, some shot making, and that was something that was uh, that they struggled with. And height, height and, and size, athleticism. I mean, I it was it, just from from my own eyes watching them play in the valley two years ago, and then in the eight ten this year, like it was such a significant jump athletically, more more so than on the men's side, I think, just like comparatively. Uh, it was just a huge jump for, for them and they just couldn't compete some games physically and, and box out and, uh, yeah, if, athletically. So this is, I think a good start. This was like a week after the season ended. Uh, like I think it was the next week after that, after the tournament ended that she committed, um, which is, uh, is pretty exciting. So, um, I could just go through all three of them, honestly, Lou. And then if you want to like, if you have any questions or something, uh, you can hop in. Well, I guess, yeah. yeah, I guess really just in the beginning when it comes to the women's team, was it necessarily like, hey, one year new coach and trying to figure out the roster and now getting people that fit more the team or the, mm-hmm. I guess, the ideal state? Because, again, some with the games you brought me to and we watched, right, some of the players that have left, like, it was just like, I don't think they were necessarily bad players. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't know. Again, you have a new coach. What, it wasn't also necessary though that the whole team's leaving after one year with a new coach, I guess. So where where was like kind of your feel of what, where the gaps are either where these new transfers kind of fill in? Yeah, I think I think especially talking about the coaching staff, like I think that Allison Guth is a very very skilled recruiter. Uh, she had a five star mm-hmm. recruit at Yale uh, for in in one of her seasons, and I think she had two other like four star recruits in her like. I don't know, seven, eight years, whatever it was there. Um, so I just think she's a high-level recruiter. She came into a situation where uh, almost all, I think the only spots that she had were given to the Nolan twins, if I remember correctly, who played at St. John's. And, like, they're they're both very solid. And I think solid A-10 players. Um, so I think she just came into a situation where it was tough. I mean, the, the, almost, the roster was almost full. Uh, they're moving to a new conference and they weren't even all that great in the, in the Valley. Like they were barely like middle of the pack, barely <laughs> the, the last year they were. So, um, yeah, I think, you know, it is definitely like trying to get her players in there. Um, but even more than that, it was just, it was, it was a combination of, of all of it. Um, and I'm curious to see, you know, I won't pretend to know like what kind of offense she ran when she was at Yale or like what kind of players she had in there. Um, so I think, I think we're going to see a lot of it this year. 
And then, honestly, just looking at the turnover of the roster going into, like, not this upcoming year, but the year after that, like, they're, it, they're, they're going to have – she probably will have, like, 12 or 13 of the 15 roster spots will be players she brought in, and that's in two years. So, I think – Especially after this season, you'll really start to see a roster that is like Allison Guth's players. Um, but yeah, I think I think Berg is a good start. I think she'll be a, a solid role player. Um, I honestly kind of see her playing a very similar role that she did for IUPUI at Loyola. Uh, maybe a little less minutes. Don't necessarily know if she will start or not. Um, you know, I think that's kind of. I think a lot of those spots are up in the air. I think there's probably two starting positions that I feel even somewhat confident about saying at this point. Um, and, uh, yeah, that's, she's the first one of the three. Uh, second, the, the next two are both from St. Francis. Uh, one is from St. Francis university PA and the other one is from St. Francis college, Brooklyn. Uh, they're both in the NEC in the Northeast Conference, which just makes it altogether more confusing. Not confusing at all. No, <laughs> yeah. not at all. No. Um, and uh, they both made uh, all-conference um, NEC teams. So uh, we'll start with Aaliyah Moore. Aaliyah Moore was uh, second team all NEC. Uh, she's a post player, kind of a forward, like six foot, six one. Um, she averaged a double double. Or no, wait, wait, no, wait. I just made that up. No, no, she did. She had, she averaged a double-double. She averaged 10.4 points and 10.2 rebounds uh, for, for St. Francis last year. I think she was, like, one of, like, I think it was, like, three players in D1 that averaged a double-double. So, just, like, you know, incredibly impressive. Like, kind of, you know, it was, like, that right over those marks, right? So, it's, like, but she's, she's kind of reaching reaching heights that are just not common. Yeah, she that's still did it, and that's that's the, you know, that's the impressive part. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But very physical. Um, something you know, I six foot or six one is like a forward. Is it gonna like jump off the page as being extremely physical or athletic uh, or daunting? Mm-hmm. But she just plays very physical. Um, definitely plays like within the three point arc. A uh, little bit of a bruiser. Um, saw some clips of her just like full out uh, effort all the time. Uh, she played almost 33 minutes a game, which is like, I mean, that's like Brayden Norris numbers right there, you know, like getting close to that. So she was just on the court all the time. Um, but uh, it definitely uh, adds to uh, their post sort of like their four or five depth, which is something that they lacked last year. Um, there were a couple games where they were uh, started like their, their post player was either uh, like 5'10 or 5'9 which is extremely undersized uh, for women's basketball like pretty much six foot and and six foot to six two is like reasonable and then anything over like six three is, is pretty big so uh, definitely adds to that just a proven you know proven scorer proven uh, proven player um, I don't think I can't I don't have their record in front of me but I don't believe that St. Francis was all that great last year. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, she was very impressive and she's just going to, she's going to add to that depth. And um, I see, I, th- I think she'll play. I kind of don't know exactly how much uh, she, she's a different type of like post player that we don't really have. So I think there, she definitely will get some games where there's like matchups that like she, she should be in there. But um, you know, Satori Tannen's very good. Um, 
So she'll, she'll get a bulk of those like post minutes. Uh, the Nolan twins, uh, when they were healthy, were very effective at times. So you know, they'll, they'll get some of those minutes, but they're both more of like a four as opposed to like a true post player. So I could see um, Aaliyah Moore playing you know, a decent amount like uh, at the four if they want like a tough bruiser or at the five to kind of give Tannen some, some breathers. Uh, gotcha. So you, you mentioned though, kind of like there, I guess, are there st- starting spots just like up for grab? Is it a whole re redo, like mm-hmm. clean sheet kind of thing? Or is it like, Oh, you think there are going to be some pieces that are going to have a role and that's what it's going to be. I, and I, I not understand the transfers. It's hard to gauge both, whether it be women's or men's team. Yeah. I think, I think right now the two spots, Sam Galanopoulos is going to be the starting point guard unless like something weird or crazy happens. Like she's just, she, I, I went to watch practice, and she is seriously like another coach on the court, um, just super connected, and uh, she knows the offense. She knows uh, what Guth wants to run, kind of at all times, and she's also a super senior, and like she, she's just she's gonna be the starting point guard or, or starting guard, I guess. Uh, and then I think Satori Tannen will start, uh, or if not, get like significant minutes. Uh, she was extremely effective last year. And um, she just she does a lot of great things for them that I think they uh, they like running the offense through her at times and she can create her own shot which is something they didn't really have a bunch of last year so those two spots are really the only two I feel comfortable with um, I think Kira Chivers will have a big role whatever like as backup point guard um, and she did play some with Sam Galanopoulos last year too it just they uh, Sam didn't shoot too too well from three. And Kira did at times, but it's just tough to have them both on the floor at the same time unless one of them is really working in the offseason at improving their improving their three point shot. So besides that, yeah, I think I think Allie Berg has a good chance at, at starting. Um, you know, I, I think Ilya Moore has an okay shot at starting, maybe like you know less than fifty percent chance. But uh, this next player that we'll talk about here in a second, I think, has a, a very good shot at starting. So, um, awesome. Yeah, the the third edition is from St. Francis College in Brooklyn, um, and that is Alyssa Fisher. Uh, Alyssa Fisher was first team All NEC this past season. Uh, she's a five seven guard, uh, originally from Baton Rouge, Louisiana. She also is a super senior. Um, oh, I, I forgot to mention, Aaliyah Moore uh, from St. Francis University, the post, she still has, at, I think, two years left. She Her first year was 2020, and she only played one game. So she at least has, like, this year and next year. Um, whereas Alyssa Fisher and the first girl we talked about, Allie Berg, they're both super seniors this year. So this is their last season. Um, Alyssa Fisher was first team all NEC. Uh, she's their starting guard. She started all 29 games for St. Francis. Uh, she was their leading scorer. She scored, uh, six, just over 16 points a game. Um, also, uh, had 3.4 rebounds and, uh, you know, not a ton of assists actually, uh, only just a little, almost two a game, I guess, but averaged over a steal a game, um, and uh, was, was very good from the line, too. Nearly 79% from the free throw line. And played 35 minutes a game. So, again, one of those players that we were talking about. Basically, Brayden Norris out there. Like, 35 minutes a game. Tough to cu- uh, take off the court. And uh, she was just extremely effective. She can create her own shot. 
Um, she didn't get a ton of help, uh, especially a ton of like consistent help. Some of the other players that were uh, quality players either weren't healthy all year or didn't start a bunch, and they were always mixing up their starting lineup. So that definitely uh, hurt her just overall. But uh, just something completely different that Loyola doesn't have, and that is just creating your own shot from the guard position, getting to the hoop especially. Um, last year, I think Maya Chandler was good at it at times, but uh, she, she, she would draw contact a lot or uh, take like pull-up jump shots, um, whereas Alyssa Fisher like gets to the hoop, finishes through contact, um, can sometimes be a pretty acrobatic player, like pretty, pretty fun to watch, uh, really fast, um, good on the fast break. Uh, I think, you know, probably, probably her biggest thing is just turnovers, um, which is something Loyola struggled with a lot last year. She had over two turnovers a game. Um, so those, that assist to turnover ratio was not very good for her, but hopefully, you know, coming to Loyola where I'm not going to say that they're going to be great next year, but like, at least there are more options. Like I think with, you know, Alyssa Fisher now, I think Sam Galanopoulos is a super solid point guard. Satori Tannen is is good, uh, can get her own shot sometimes. Having Allie Berg, who shoots 40% from three, is going to be a big help. Uh, Kira Chivers uh, is is a smart with the ball and, and can find her own shot occasionally and, and can shoot from three as well. And then the Nolan Twins, who can hit it, can step out, hit a three. Um, they're, they're good from the free throw line. I just think that they have, like, more options. And a player like Alyssa Fisher, who is very good but might not be or was not extremely efficient last year might um get a little boost from playing on a team where it's more of uh there's just more contributors so um yeah i think this is this one for me is the uh like Alyssa fisher truly brings something to the team that loyola didn't have last year and that is a dynamic guard that can go downhill and and finish through traffic so like this this one's fun i'm really excited to see how uh Alyssa fisher looks in a, in a rambler uniform and uh it hopefully hopefully it turns out well so yeah interesting i guess i guess my one thing just because again i don't know as much as you with the women's side but it's still it's kind of the debate with both regardless of men or women's basketball it's like you, you've named off two players you kind of in we we could say 2k level stats right when sure. it came to the fill in the box score now again fill in the box score no matter what level is hard enough right like you got to find a way to score you got to have something in you to score and also is this a trend you you think would be in, and again we don't know the history of or at least i don't know the history of um again after one year of coaching right like what the women's basketball might do but do you think it like i think we've done this at the men's team at least it's like get the best player potentially in that conference, right? Mm -hmm. Like, even if it might be a lower conference, like, after a while, some players who might be in alone conferences, when they show that they're one of the best players in the conference, they can maybe step up to that level. Like, again, we're, look at, again, you just from Phil for D2 to D1, or even Braden going from, what, Summit, um, do you think that might make up more of an impact on the women right away, women's side, or is it, like, something you're just going to have to figure out um, I, as the season goes on? I think all these additions just, like, they it, they'll compete. And I think that was like it, one of the nice things I think about Guth is that she never lets her players quit. I mean, they could be down thirty with like ten minutes left, and all of a sudden you look up and they're down nine with like a minute and a half, and you're like, oh well, 
if they hit a three and get a turnover, like they're they could they you know they could do something. But they just mm-hmm. didn't have that like burst at the end, or they didn't have that fight in the middle of the game to stop runs or like athleticism to 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 stop runs. So I think these at least these three additions will just. I think they're going to be solid. Like I, you know, I'm not going to sit here and say, "Oh, I think they're top five. Like I don't, I don't think they're top five. But uh, they have some some great senior leader uh, or like upperclassmen help that have been here for at least four years, both in Tannen and Galanopolis. Um, they have now some experienced players that are transferring in that um, that should should uh, provide them with scoring depth, which they just like didn't have last year. Uh, mm-hmm. so I just, I think this team's going to compete harder. I think they're going to, they're going to find themselves in more games. And I think then, it, then we'll see like what kind of coach Guth is right. When it's, when it's crunch time and it's a one point game, like we've seen her be able to coach her way back into games. Now I'm, I'm so excited to see if she can coach her way to wins, uh, with, with just like more, um, talent that fits the eight ten level. Uh, yeah, I just, the, the amount of times that, especially I, I noticed it the most at the A-10 tournament when I saw all the teams like right, you know, back to back to back, like, like seriously, Loyola was undersized at every single position. And it was just like, I, and, and you know, you, it wasn't, it's not, a, we didn't have a team of like scrappers. Like there was like Anna Brown was great. Cause she always would defend a player that was three or four inches taller than her. And, like, she really was, like, diving on the floor every single play. But, like, it's not like, you know, we, we had a team of, like, shooters, right? Or, like, just super fast, speedy girls that want to get up and down the court and wanted to beat you 88 to 85. Like, that wasn't the style we played either. So, I think I think now it's just the, the talent will be there uh, to, mm-hmm. to at least, like, compete, have a fun, fun year. I think they'll surprise some teams from time, you know, time to time and, if they get hot at the right time, you know, like that's that's they now have the the talent and depth to like actually win a couple games come tournament time or down the stretch to put them, you know, at a seven seed rather than an eleven or something like that. Okay, so yeah, it, it should be it should be fun. Um, I think I think it'll be fun to watch Allison coach. Um, and uh, I know some of the, the the work that these girls are putting in in the off season and. I'm, I'm hopeful that uh, some of the girls that are coming back are going to really um, uh, improve their game a lot. Awesome. That's all you can really ask for when, when you think about it. So, yeah, that's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's not even – I won't get into it just the, this episode, but then they have, like, three freshmen coming in and a couple, like, really big wing players, like six foot one, like, off-guard players, and that's, like, pretty big. Like, a two-guard at six foot and six one is, like, a really good size. So, you know, mm. then they can develop those girls and, and hopefully – uh, start building for for the future as well so should be a perfect fun year yeah. uh but if we want to kind of transition talk about the last uh men's team edition uh if you want to kind of like i've been talking a lot so if you want to talk about the last edition and and uh give us a, a rundown of what you think uh feel free and yeah take it away yeah, it, again, this is an interesting addition. Uh, for those who remember, I, I was part of the Podcast 63 representative um, on the nice little spaces we had on Twitter uh, with Talking Blurs. But um, I think this is an interesting piece for sure. Um, I think uh, you, you could talk about the box score for sure and everything like that. Um, Patrick is right off the bat. He's coming from a program that he was not the star. 
um, and was not even a, the starter uh, per se, right? But he was averaging very well starter numbers. Um, again, he was on Oral Roberts. That's where he spent this past year. Um, and again, a team that if people don't, if you're living on Iraq and not know college basketball, have probably one of the most prolific scores in the current uh, college basketball team in Mac Abram or Abmus. Um, and again, another power forward in Connor Vanover. Um, and so names that are just not uncommon to hear when it comes to like filling up a box score. So um, I think Patrick, um, again, he came from UT Arlington. Um, so for those old Valley names, uh, that was a team that was also considered moving to the Valley. Um, but yeah, he spent four years there. Um, one year uh, he sat out with the red shirt, but there he, he, he developed into a solid, I think, player, but then really um, wanted to make that next step. And that's where he made the next step in competition with Oral Roberts. And yeah, again, I think he put in over 20 minutes a game, averaged nearly eight points a game, which is fantastic to me, right? And people are like, oh, but like, what do we need? I think this fills in the gap personally for that solid forward off the bench. Mm-hmm. Do I think Patrick's going to start? No. Do we, Could it surprise me if he starts? Yeah, it would surprise me. Would I be like, oh, this is wrong? I don't know. Like, I, again, uh, last year we thought we had a f- starting power forward or at least center, and things change, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so when it comes to transfers, you, you, especially with Patrick and what we've seen in recent year, a.k.a. last year, when you have a guy for one year, you kind of have to like make the quick decision on what's the role because you don't have that time to really develop. Um, so I think that's ultimately one of those things. Um, again, Patrick, if he was on our team with his stats, he would have been the fourth, I think, leading scorer um, ahead of Marquise Kennedy, just behind Ben, um, again, head, ahead of guys of Tom Welch, Bryce Golden. So if we're going to really cater toward his position, right, uh, Patrick comes in, if people are now thinking, he comes in again at a 6'7", according to basketball reference. Um, but he, he really can, I make I think, make the impact for off the bench. And honestly, his time at Oral Roberts, that's where he saw that, right? He saw the off the bench time. Um, and I don't think that discouraged him at all from like playing hard. Um, I think he really showed to me, at least if you look at it, actually, it's funny for his end of year, like I guess stats, right? Cause he only averaged 7.9. He put up 20 points in their conference championship game against North Dakota state. So like when the game kind of got big or maybe when the opportunity came up for him, right? That's when he put up 20 points. Um, right. So I think that's when you overall look at the team, right? He was the second leading scorer in that game off the bench, right? So I really like it. Um, I also like it for the fact that this is a guy who's a veteran who I would love to see Miles go up against, right? Mm-hmm. I think we joked about this kind of off – I don't know if it was offline or maybe we talked about it, but like having a big, um, I don't know, gold squad guide or even Miles on gold squad going up against power forwards helps just build that kind of ex- expectation that that's the type of player you're going to go up against when you play – in D one level basketball and you're not just the tallest guy on the court when it comes to high school. So that's a mouthful for sure. Um, I would love to see what you think. Again, it's a final piece. Was it the piece we needed? Where do you kind of fit this, this piece in Patrick um, joining the ranks of uh, loyal Chicago? Yeah, I think you said it. I think he just fills a little bit of a gap um, of that, like bouncy sort of athletic wing post hybrid type player. Like, the type of guy that could play the five if you're going real small. 
or you know i think he'll probably play the four most often uh he did shoot it decently well last year uh you know shooting nearly 34 percent from three um with like what is it uh he hit 26 threes you know that's not nothing 26 to 69 like that's is someone that uh, at least feels confident. I feel like that's probably really similar to like Ahir Uguak's numbers, his his grad year, um, something around those similar uh, at, like makes and attempts. But yeah, I think the rebounding is something that really excites me. Um, someone who just really is going to put it all on the line, like gets up for boards. Um, I think uh, I think last year we kind of lacked that a little bit. Um, it was someone that we thought like maybe St. Thomas could be. Uh, and fill that Uguak role or that, that um, uh, I guess, like Lucas Williamson role from the guard role too, like get, just going for, for boards. Um, so if, if, you know, we're ever getting beat real bad on the boards or just getting beat athletically, I think he's the type of guy that could come in, uh, play some play some great defense, uh, box out, and, uh, I, I mean, look out for him on the fast break, man. Like that dude is, he's throwing it down. Like if, if he gets open, he's throwing it down over people too, so. Um, yeah, yeah, overall, no, excited. I, I love that. I love that point of like, and again, he is athletic, right? So six, seven, but he is athletic. It, it's funny because this is a piece that I'm like, okay, where can he help? And like you said, right, it's rebounding, but also it's like, for me, having an athletic six, seven is like, I kind of hope he can defend, right? Mm-hmm. Like that off the bench. It's like giving that breather. And again, kind of, there have been times where it was a mismatch and we saw this a lot in the A-10 this first season for us where a10 loves currently it loves to have a lot of good guard play yeah. right uh we always and i kept saying it go back to saint john or saint joe's jesus we're not in the big east <laughs> um saint saint joe's and it's like and fordham when you have depth of guard and then switches happen you kind of hope your 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 defender if it's not your one or two it's like you hope that guy could maybe just keep up right mm-hmm. there's definitely gonna be a mismatch but you would hope they can be kind of that athletic lanky and again you bring up a hirugok and it's like in recent memory you can't think of another guy at that size mm-hmm. that could defend. Like, again, he turned into probably one of the best defenders, right? And being able to be 6'7", 6'8", and lanky and defend changes the whole development of a game. Def- the changes where the switches kind of don't affect defense a lot. So, yeah, I agree. I think Patrick could potentially fill those gaps of the what is necessary. Where it's like we need rebounds and we need bodies to defend. Where... I don't know if necessarily this addresses offense, right? Because I don't think that's what we were looking for in this spot. Mm-hmm. Um, now, and again, like you said, though, that doesn't mean he can't, right? Um, I would love to see um, free throw numbers go up, but he did last season shoot 53% from two. And, like, that is not something to, like, really shy away from when he put up roughly four shots a game from two and he would make 50% of them. And it's like, okay – that's exactly what I want a bench guy to be and efficient. And he puts up reasonable numbers that are going to make an impact, right? Like if you're, if you have four starters that are averaging say eight to 15 points, and then you get a bench guy that can average five, that's what you hope. Go get a bucket. So it's exciting. It's definitely not like a, wow, I'm screaming piece, but I don't think necessarily we were looking for that. I think we were looking for complimentary and also just like a reasonable piece because like, again, right, there were games where injuries might be a question, so you got to have depth. And we've talked about that next guy up mentality or ne- just next player up 
to step up and fill a role that when asked upon. And I think that's what Patrick is hopefully going to do. And that's what he did at Oral Roberts. And again, Oral Roberts just went to the tournament. So I would hope that he's excited to potentially help another team make the tournament for sure. I also think it's hard, like when you're getting that last roster spot to like convince a player to come to your school and you're like, Oh, but we have, you know, like an all conference type two all conference ish guys in, in Braden and here. And then you got like, Ben, who was huge, you got like three new transfers that you think are going to play big minutes. Like, it's really hard to convince that last guy on the roster, hey, come to Loyola. Like, well, what am I going to play? Uh, you know, like, you prove it, right? Like, that's that's just tough, especially when you're, if you're looking, like, for fans who are like, well, why didn't we go out and get, like, one of those top, you know, 20 guys in the portal? Well, because, like, where are they going to play? Like, how do you convince a player to come here? Uh, and also, like, NIL, just being, like, straight-up honest. <laughs> That's probably another yeah. reason. <laughs> uh, no, I think you and I talked offline definitely about this. There were two two high school recruits – or, sorry, one high school recruit and one transfer that I was like, oh, I think we were interested in them in nearly the, the heyday, and then now let's get back into it. And, yeah. and again, we can say this. One was A.J. Storr from St. John's mm-hmm. is now – is, is um, what, what is he now at Marquette, right? Sorry, I think that's like right, blanking. yeah. Yeah, um, so um, that's another kind of local guy. But another one was Silas Sunday. Um, if people don't remember, we were like, um, right, it's Silas Sunday. Uh, D- uh, Demery, Silas Demery. Demery. Sunday is another player we were looking at. But Demery, it, it's interesting, he decommitted, right, mm-hmm. from USC. And it was like, oh, let's go after him. And it's like, we already had Greg transferred in. We have Braden, like once you get to a point you can't then also tell your guys hey we're dfaing you this is baseball terms now and we're making you go down lower like mm-hmm. the rosters are full and especially at a certain point in this you can't then go fight um it's a little different in high school recruiting when you're a year away you can maybe figure something out um like we kind of did with wes or whatever wes decided to do right so yeah i i agree with that point wholeheartedly it's like that last spot we we have so much regardless of what's out in the market it's one of those that you also have to think about what can you fill and what do you need to fill regardless of what's out there, right? Um, it's necessary, maybe not be the best player available, but it's the best player that can fit your program at that time. Now, again, if we needed six roster spots, that's completely different. We needed one. Mm-hmm. Um, so, again, I think Patrick fits a mold that is very interesting, and I do like his recent um, history just with Oral Roberts and that situation, and I think that lend, can lend a hand to us in that he's experienced from off the bench and he did, he did well, right? Like you could just look at the tape or look at the box and be like, we like what you did there. Let's do it again. Or again, to my surprise, we could see him start. I don't know. Right. Mm -hmm. We look at CK as a great example in recent terms. Didn't expect him to start right away. And then all of a sudden the rotations changed mid season and Hey, he's starting the second half of the season pretty much. Right. So, and I appreciate that from a Drew standpoint where I think Drew realizes in that first year or even in last year, it's necessarily like you have to use your depth mm-hmm. regardless of kind of like if you have a senior senior one year left. Like if that senior is not really making it as your starting center, you've got to kind of change it up and see. And I, I do think, and then again, Drew mentioned it, we can dive into whether it be Sheldon, all right, there were guys he said, like, wish I got him in more. And I do think it was a step back of like, hey, you know what? I really have to evaluate the roster. And this is the type of player that can add that depth and 
make the evaluation even more important mm-hmm. of like, hey, we got to get them to see time, whether that be Greg, whether that be for all we know, Desmond could be that piece. That's like, hey, we probably should see more of them. Who knows? But again, Patrick now rounds out the roster, final full roster as right now. Right. Things knock on wood, but we're, we're saying the roster set. Um, and it's definitely exciting to have, again, officially, I guess, 13 scholarship players. Or mm-hmm. do we still have COVID? I was wondering, or I was actually thinking about this. Are we done with COVID scholarships? Me, when I say that, I mean guys who are here for their 7,000 year because of COVID. I think we still um, have, I, like, uh, Sheldon is still, Sheldon is still the last, uh, like, he'll be the last. And Braden, I'd say, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So there's still, like, yep. technically yeah. two more years, like this year and one other year of, like, COVID players. Gotcha. But yeah, no, again, full roster we have exciting, um, a little nervous, nervous, honestly, I don't know about you, but like, it's one of those things. It's like, now you just want to see it put into action. You want to yeah. see it live. Like it, the roster is there. Let's go see it. But again, now we got to wait and the waiting game begins and, and no Paris this year. No, no France. So no. who knows what we'll get as content over the summer, but yeah. we'll definitely be excited to see whatever. Yeah, and just to like validate what I said earlier, so Mwamba last year was 26 of 69 from three. Ahir Uguak in his nice. super senior year was 24 of 74. So, uh, not not too far off. Yeah, similar similar like quantities. Uh, also, just like for appreciation, his uh, Uguak's last year from the field in total, he was 100 for 200. He had he was exactly 50%, and he made 100 shots, and he missed 100 shots, which is just Ooh. like pretty awesome, just from a terms of weird statistical whatever. Absolutely. No, absolutely. That's crazy. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, perfect. Well, yeah, Buck, unless you had anything, that's really the men's update for sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, as things come in, we'll see. Uh, side note, we have a full coaching staff. People are curious. Yeah. Uh, we might see some changes there, but – Again, nothing that we already have called out, um, again, uh, for the new additions for sure. But, yeah, exciting to talk about it. Yeah, we'll definitely get to that at, like, a later point. We'll talk about the coaching staff and stuff like that. Um, Yeah, I guess it's just, like, it's my update then. Uh, My update is that I'm changing professions, and I am actually going to be uh, a college basketball coach next year. Um, I have – Yeah, I've been working really closely with the women's staff at Loyola – um, doing media coverage and stuff like that and just developed a close like professional relationship with uh, both Allison Guth uh, and Jordan McCann who's the assistant there and uh, yeah I just kind of you know it's one of those things where it's like maybe it's a quarter life crisis I don't really know but um, I feel like a lot of uh, I think a lot of professional adults can maybe relate to the you know getting into an industry or thinking you're doing one thing and you're in, you might be enjoying it and then all of a sudden like you get to a point where life changes or you know situations arise and and you realize like oh wow like this isn't this isn't working out like maybe it's time to start thinking about things um so it was actually like right before the new year uh back in like december when i really started like how do i do this like what what am i getting into um is this even possible for someone like me who um didn't go to school for sports management didn't i was not a college athlete you know how how do i do this and um, what I learned was that, yeah, it, it is possible. Um, there's a lot of uh, like D3, D2, NIA schools, JUCO schools. There are so many uh, non-Division one 
schools in our area like in illinois wisconsin indiana michigan like right around here there are like so so many i didn't even know that there were as many as there was um so yeah i started just like uh reaching out to different coaches and different programs and um trying to get a foot in the door uh either as like a grad assistant or um you know an assistant coach or something to that effect uh toured some schools talked to a bunch of coaches um made some really great relationships and really great friendships i would say um but uh yeah <laughs> i feel like i'm doing like a commitment video after much consideration and introspection i'm gonna be bringing my talents to uh no i'm gonna be i'm gonna be staying in chicago and i'm gonna be an assistant coach at roosevelt university downtown um as an assist, assistant coach for the women's program there um yeah yeah it'll be fun there so right now uh we i guess we are uh an naia school but then uh we are starting the transition to move to ncaa division two and that'll take effect next season so this is our last year in naia we are eligible for the naia like playoffs and championships and all that kind of stuff and then once we move to Division Two, we will be ineligible for the postseason for two seasons, uh, which that could be a whole episode of the podcast of like transitioning to different conferences and talking about postseason bans and all that kind of stuff. Um, but yeah, it, it should be it should be fun. I'm just kind of getting into the groove of things. I've been doing some like recruiting and social media stuff and uh, a little bit of like coach development uh, stuff just for myself. Um, and uh yeah i guess like that kind of leads to like where does the podcast go um as of now uh we're still going to be doing men's basketball content i think it'll get a little uh like less analytical a little less um like rumors based like we're definitely not going to be talking about like uh what we like hear from our cousins brothers nephew who's you know heard from a player on instagram dms or whatever it'll be a lot of just uh talking about games um a lot of game recaps um you know there'll, there'll definitely be some like analysis about like oh well you know why didn't drew play xyz but i think uh just from a standpoint of like uh for for me as like a coach it feels a little uh not strange but maybe just uh i guess strange is the right word like to be super critical of of like a coaching staff when i'm on a coaching staff uh and then so we will still continue doing that we're still at least for like this year we're still going to do our player grades we're still going to like dissect the the team and give some sort of like um preview for the season next year uh, once once the games start, I think you'll find that we're just going to be in a little bit of a rhythm of like talking about what happens in the games and giving our thoughts on uh, being, I think, even more positive than we have been and really just lean into like the good stuff that's going on. Um, over the years, we've gotten, uh, I don't know, like internet people telling us we're too positive. Uh, and I think we're just going to lean into that even more this year and really talk about the positive stuff. So yeah, that's that's the update. Um, I, if you uh, if you guys are if, if our listeners are looking for, to support an NAIA women's basketball team, I would love to to get your support. Um, and uh, you know, follow us on social media. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. 
the games are right downtown. We play uh, downtown at um, like Wabash and uh, Congress, uh, like right in the middle of the loop. So, you know, if you ever want to come to a game, it's, it's a cool spot to watch a game. Um, the the coaching staff is great. The other coaches are, are awesome. I've been really like excited to work with them all. Um, yeah, it's it's just been fun. I'm like I think to sum it all up, I'm chasing my passion, and I have no idea where it's gonna go. But uh, I feel like I've fallen in with some really good people, and um, you know this is this is the time of my life when I need to do that kind of stuff. And if I don't do it now, I don't think I'm ever gonna do it. So. Hopefully it works out, and if it doesn't, I can say that I tried. And yeah, that's that's what's up. <laughs> Sweet, there you go, everybody. Yeah, that's the update. Yeah, I, now I got to figure out like my my coaching style, my coaching fit, my coaching name. Coaching fit, coaching fit's gonna be important for I, sure. I have gotten some quarter zips already, and they are they're pretty sweet. Uh, you know, I. I like the. I feel like I look pretty good in green. I, you know, I, I think I look okay. a little better in maroon and gold. You know, I, I spent four years of my life there, so I think until that time, you know, until I spend four years at Roosevelt, I think I'll, I'll look better in maroon and gold. Uh, but uh, yeah, it's, it's a, it's a good crew. Um, the head coach has been calling me Coach B. I feel like maybe that'll stick. Uh, to be determined, I guess. Uh, definitely will never have as cool shoes as Drew. So that is something Ooh, I'm not even going to try. Interesting. not going to try. Yeah. Well, you'll get that Nike deal one day. Don't worry. Yeah. I, I, I have some things I should tell you definitely offline about, about Nike deals and like, just like the swag that coaches get is, is pretty cool. I will leave it at that. Even at my level, it's, it's good stuff and they, they make sure that we are comfortable. So it's been it's been a good time and um i'm just excited for the work i'm excited to learn i got a lot to learn and i'm i'm pumped to do that and uh the grind will be fun and um getting to getting to like impact young people's lives too is just like something that i've never done so i'm really excited to to help some some student athletes out perfect um any thoughts any comments any concerns no, no, I, it's a uh, great, I've, I've known for a little bit to the listeners who are not like, Oh, why is he not shocked? No, I've known for a little bit. So all exciting to have a, a, a member jo- try to join the coaching ranks for sure at any level. So it's perfect. I'll leave, I'll leave this with a, a burn of uh, Peoria. I went down to a school near Peoria and that school was great. And the coach was great. I would never in a million years talk bad about that school, but there is a part of me that I was like, man, I would have to be this close to Bradley. Mm, not for me. Mm. <laughs> not for me i like it yeah. i like it sticking true got to Tricking, sticking true got to, yeah. sticking true to the blue leaves yeah, but yeah, yeah not not a not a big bradley fan we are <laughs> no not at all and unless unless bradley comes calling and then i'll have some decisions to make but i don't <laughs> think that's happening anytime soon <laughs> that's true that's totally under that's i i respect that i respect it but no absolutely great to hear and uh there we go yeah uh well that's gonna do it i think um from buck and lou here at podcast 63 Uh, Thank you all for listening, and don't forget, always remember, go Blairs.